So Judges chapter 4 yes, from please. verse 3. It says, Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Verse 4. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidot, was leading Israel at that time. Okay. So the Israelites sinned again. They started worshiping other idols again. They weren't following the Lord. So God allowed them to suffer in the hands of their enemies. And they cried out to the Lord for help. And all of a sudden, a woman shows up as a judge. <laughs> Today, I want us to see how God carefully includes us in the picture. We're not just something that is supposed to be stereotyped a certain way, right? All through scripture, you see all this mighty men, and even in society as a whole, you see men always suitable for everything that is honorable, everything that has a certain tone of greatness or strength to it. Um, anything leadership you never see where a woman really steps into the picture and you wonder that even in this present day when it's so hard to get women into certain positions how much more many years ago when the Israelites were you know plowing through their walk with the Lord and having to face all these warriors and enemies along the way and it's always been God raising men to lead them into battle or lead them into triumph. You know, you always looked at it as that's a man's role or that's a man's place. And, you know, for some reason, you know, anytime I read this scripture, I always wish that we had a backstory of how Deborah could be recognized as a judge in that day. Because what these judges did was they took them to war. If you see in Judges 2, verse 16, it says, Then the Lord chose leaders, judges, but leaders who guided the nation through difficult times, sometimes as military commanders who saved the Israelites from robbers and from plunderers. So you see that after Moses and Joshua... There came other people who were judges. And according to history, uh, Deborah was the fourth. She was the fourth judge of Israel. So it just amazes me that all the ideas of gender roles are thrown away at this time in history. And that a woman would emerge as the leader, as the military commander, as the judge in Israel. That is remarkable. Next verse, please. Verse 5. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their dispute decided. Verse 6. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. Amen. <laughs> so as a prophet, the Lord had revealed to her. So this woman was not only a judge, but she was also a prophet. 
and she had her office not just an office but like her ministry location and scripture says it was between Bethel and Rama yes yes and she had palms around where she operated from her ministry location had palms and they were called the palms of Deborah in that time Deborah sorry <laughs> my daughter is Deborah so she doesn't like being called Deborah she's like it's Deborah <laughs> so Deborah would sit there and all these people that needed to know what God's will was what God's plan was for their lives people that needed to have direction you know daily guidance or settling of disputes when they have issues with one another and they need somebody to step in and judge the situation they would come to her from all part of Israel they would come to Deborah she was recognized Deborah they would come to her and it so happened that the word of the Lord came to her for Barak and she had to release this word to Barak and she sent for Barak to come and so Barak showed up and she said Barak gather together 10,000 people from the tribe of Naphtali and Zebulun 10,000 people and gather yourselves and head on to Mount Tabor and I was like what is this Mount Tabor why were they going to Mount Tabor? What were they going to do at Mount Tabor? You know, and I continued reading that entire chapter and I still could not figure out why they had to go to Mount Tabor. And so I decided to do a Google search to figure out how this Mount Tabor looked like and what it would mean to see 10,000 people on top of Mount Tabor. And so... I saw this beautiful picture of Mount Tabor. I don't know if you guys can see. It's so beautiful. It's doom shaped. If there's any way you can Google it and see, it is so beautiful. It's like a half sphere. And it's very hard to climb that uh, mount. And it was very spectacular because even in present day, when you go to Israel, people actually go there because Guess what? Mount Tabor is also the mountain where Jesus Christ was transfigured. So I was like, wow, this is pretty important. So Barak is going to gather 10,000 people and head on to this mount where later on, many thousands of years later, Jesus Christ, the son of God, will be there with his three disciples. And then Elijah and Moses would show up who had been gone a long time ago would show up and Jesus Christ will be revealed in his true form in glory in light he will be totally transfigured and many years before that would happen a word came to the prophetess to tell Barak to go gather 10,000 people and go up there to Mount Tabor and let's continue, Anne, with this story. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, verse 7. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariot and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Verse 8. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. 
Wow. So God said that he was going to compel Sisera. Once Sisera hears that they are on that mountain, he's going to be drawn out of whatever with that desire to fight or that desire to prove that they have all the power and that the Israelites are still nothing before them. You know, Sisera is going to come up with that arrogance. The Lord was going to cause him to do that. And that is where he will meet his destruction at the Kishon River. But again, the reason for them being on that mount is what I kept asking myself. And I want you guys to keep asking yourself while we go through the scripture. And then Barak says, after he hears this word clearly from the Lord, he tells Deborah, if you come with me, I'm going to go. But if you don't come with me, I'm not going to go. I remember when Moses spoke with God and God asked him to go in through the wilderness to head into the land of um, milk and honey, the, the Canaan land. Remember, this scripture we're reading about, this Sisera is a Canaanite. So it was their land that the Israelites came to take over. But it was so difficult because these Canaanites, they had 900 chariots of iron. So it was very hard. Even Joshua, if you read Joshua 1.19, you will find that even in the days of Joshua, they could not overthrow the Canaanites in that region because they had the ammunition. Today, we'll, we'll liken them to Russia or to all these countries that have nuclear weapons, right? If you try to go in and take their land and you see what they have, you'll be terrified. You'll back off because of what they have. The military power is, is so strong. You don't have that. So any attempt to fight with them is you heading for a massacre. Basically, you just are looking for an easy way of committing suicide if you head to war with people with such ammunition. So in that day, remember this land was flowing with milk and honey. It was a very wealthy land that God sent them to possess. And so they had all the money to have all the military power to fight their enemies. So even in the day of Joshua, they, the Israelites did not fully occupy that land because there was a part that they could not overthrow. And so as a result of that, they were oppressed by the Canaanites. So you can imagine years of being oppressed. Scripture says in Judges 4, when you read, you see that uh, verse 1 and 2, they had been oppressed for 20 years by the Canaanites. And then all of a sudden, a prophetess, a female judge shows up in the picture and calls the one in charge of the, the military, the one who would equip the people for war, the one who was seasoned in battle and knew all the battle strategies. And you tell him, the Lord says you should go to war and go to this place, to this mountain. Just, I want you to place yourself in that position where you'd be oppressed for so long by this particular people. You've been oppressed for so long by a particular group of people. You know their military strength. You understand that they are very powerful. And if they choose to get rid of you, they will easily get rid of you. And now you're told to go fight them. And so he's like, Deborah, you have to go with me or else I won't go at all. 
And here was Deborah's response. Next verse, please, Anne. Um, verse 9, it says, Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. Verse 10. There, Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Deborah also went up with him. Mm -hmm. So Deborah also said to him that if I go with you, then the glory will go to a woman. Mm -hmm. And Barak was fine with that. He didn't say, oh, okay, don't worry, I'll go on so that I can take the glory. He was totally fine with that. And so she headed off with him along with the 10,000 people. So now we have Barak leading 10,001 people to war. Or did we have Deborah leading 10,001 people to war? It totally changed the dynamics. I want to put this emphasis here because these were things that, or a thing that had never happened in history. The men went to war. The women sat at home. But God knows. God knows that when it's about the job being done in history, it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. It is about his call on your life. It's about who will do the job. He saw that he could use a woman in this situation to do the job. And so he placed Deborah at that time to be a judge. And you wonder, right? If you're Deborah, if you're placed at that time, you'll be like, okay, so I'm supposed to be a judge. I'm supposed to sit here and judge the issues. I also have a prophetic gift to release what God is saying for the season. How come now I'm having to step into a place of being a warrior? And I want you to also see that even Deborah did not resist this opportunity to be a warrior. And I feel like God is calling you and I to a place now to break the backbone of oppression, not only in our lives, but in the lives of our loved ones. And that will require us stepping upon a different platform. It will require us wearing a different hat. So whereas she was a prophet and a judge, now she's stepping into the place of a warrior. But I want you to also know that those judges in that day who were always male, went to war. They led their armies to war. So what would have exempted Deborah from doing what all judges did? Will being a woman exempt her from fully expressing the role of a judge in Israel as it was in that day? No. When God calls you, no matter how the roles begin to change or how the things seem to be so new to you. The places seem to be places you've never been before. He equips you for it. So if the judges in that day went to war and brought back victory for the Israelites while the women stayed at home and cooked and cleaned and took care of the home and everything, Deborah, you are a woman as judge in this season you will also go to war and bring back the victory like the male judges always did. And so Deborah led the people to war. 
along with Barak. So we had 10,001 people along with Deborah leading to war. So in total, because Deborah was uniquely called by God in that position, the decree of God to, to Barak to take 10,000 people had changed. God had an allowance for it because Deborah was going to also lead this war. I'm taking us somewhere. I hope you're going there with me. I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us into heaven, he seated us in heavenly places with God. So right now we are in that seated position. <laughs> it is just an endless life of growing our spirit man. So I found out that when Adam and God were interacting in the beginning, it was all about a spiritual interaction. So he made you and I to have a spiritual interaction consistently. What stopped that? What took us away from that? This is all and so much more you will encounter in Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So I want you right now, I want to encourage you Go for it. Go grab your copy. Please grab your copy. Tell me about it. Tell me what the Lord is already doing in your life. Tell me what the Lord is doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for. I encourage you to give the gift of the Spirit.